0: Welcome, everybody! It's time once again to grab your boards, swim out into the wave of ideas, and see if you can't see if you can't catch that sales pipeline that's starting to curl up over the horizon there. With the man, well, I think it's fair to say as we enter into uh, another St. Patrick's Day soon, the, I think it's clear to point out that this is the man who invented green beer. Matt
1: invented Hines. green beer? Oh my goodness! <laughs> Every week, my my bio gets more and more unique.
0: I just heard, you know, I know you're a big barbecue and you wanted something to match, so, you know, green beer came to your mind and look where we are today. Everybody's and doing now
1: it. everybody's drinking green beer. Yeah, and it all started with me. Absolutely. I don't know where you got that fact or where you <laughs> made that up, but uh, I'll go with it. Well, welcome, everyone, to Sales Pipeline Radio. If you're listening to us live, thank you for taking a break from what has to, Paul, be the, one of the most unproductive work days of the year, e- even just in our office walking around, awful lot of college basketball on people's screens yes, today. Yes, yes. You know, even it's amazing, you know, team, you know, we don't know, people that don't know anything about college basketball, all of a sudden days like today get pretty interested.
0: Well, it's because of the green beer, you know, it the... <laughs> all goes back to that. Um,
1: Well, if you're listening live, thank you very much for joining us. If you're joining us from the podcast, we are available through subscription always on Google Play and the iTunes Store. And every episode of Sales Pipeline Radio is always available past, present, and future on demand at salespipelineradio.com. Every week we are featuring some of the best and brightest minds in B2B sales and marketing. Today is no different. I'm very, very excited to have on the show today Jonah Kai Hancock. He is the Senior Director of Marketing for Tune. And uh, first of all, Jonah Kai, thanks very much for joining us today.
2: Hey, thanks, Matt. Appreciate the time.
1: Absolutely. Well, I mean, I've wanted to get you on here for a while, and I think we, you know, saw each other at a at ABM workshop here in Seattle just a few weeks ago, and it became clear just how much you guys are trying to get done, and how much is in your purview. I mean, you're doing, you've got field marketing, demand gen, operations, and your yeah. technology stack is uh, pretty significant. Want to maybe have you start just with, you know, as, as you look at the variety of things you're now under your purview. How do you focus? Like, how do you decide where to focus and, and what should get your attention uh, as a marketer?
2: Um, yeah, thanks. Uh, it's a good question. Um, and I, too, also agree with the uh, college basketball. Um, <laughs> it's one of those days that everybody's walking around have friends in Vegas. And uh, it's, a, it's a good day to, to watch some and try and work technology focus like what are we focused on you now a great question really, i always try and look back for me like like, what are we going to focus on for this quarter right we we're a company that moves pretty quickly our industry moves quickly we're in mobile marketing um and so i always try to ladder back up to what are our OKRs, what are our objectives for the quarter simply because if, if i don't um i can easily get distracted right so like right now those OKRs really ladder around sales and marketing alignment like how do i better align my marketing team my field team and all the things that we do to align to sales and helping them grow. Interesting perspective. I come from the marketing side of the world, right? I, you know, sales pipeline, radio. You know, we talk a lot about sales um, and marketing. Um, you know, I come from the marketing side. So how do I how do I drive that alignment? One, two. How do we continually get better at evolving our our, our strategy? And that's kind of a vague, you know, big lustrous thing to say. But you know, breaking that down, what does that mean to me? How do we get better at driving campaigns that focus on target accounts? How do we get better at working regionally in accounts to, to focus on that? Um, how do we get better at measuring those things so that everything we do drives around a strategy that per- drives performance? Then the third thing I'd say that we're focused on right now um, is actually we believe in testing a lot of technologies that we like to iterate fast, and so we're we're always testing two or three different technologies to see how they perform on our tech stack and if they can make us make us more efficient. So, You know, the the things that I put my team on are kind of a ladder into those different OKRs, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it definitely does. We're talking about Jonah Hancock. He's the Senior Director of Marketing for Tune. And, you know, I'll get to your tech stack here in a little bit because you guys do have a pretty heavy tech stack. And I I like your proactive strategy of continually testing and refinement. You were talking about some of your uh, your objectives, you know, for the quarter, for your team and sort of aligning with the sales organization. I know you guys specifically focus on trying to judge a percent of sales bookings and sales opportunities from marketing. Yep. You also mentioned measurement. How do yep. you have to build sort of the measurement systems behind that? Where are you putting focus in building systems that can directly track marketing's mm-hmm. effectiveness and impact on the sales pipeline?
2: Focus a couple different ways, right? So we have you know evergreen campaigns that we run uh, across the quarter, right? So we kind of pick different thematic things that we're running across the quarter. We run those campaigns. With those campaigns, we have a content team. We talk about how do we plan that campaign, right? So let's say that, the, you know, the theme is Better Together. So what does Better Together look like, right? We actually sit down with the content team. We actually overlay sales marketing funnels and we we outline, okay, for this campaign, here's our main message, our main themes, but here are the five to 10 pieces that we're going to have hit through this sales campaign in the different parts of the funnel that are going to make an impact, right? And those pieces can be, um, you know, things that perform really well for us, our case studies, um, you know, first-party research. We're going to do a ton of first-party research for the upper level funnel. And we do a ton uh, of trying to catch you blog content, a ton of different types of, of things around that to get you in the funnel. In the middle of the funnel, then we start to layer out, okay, great. You know, We want to make sure we have case studies. Um, we have numbers to back that up with some of our first-party research data there. And as we get into the lower half of the funnel, we're handing over to sales. We're trying to drive more pieces that the sales team is going to be using. So sales collateral, one sheets, uh, they tie into the feature benefit statement, right? So first part of the plan is that from there, you know, we literally go out and build the campaigns. Our tech stack days, you know, we use Salesforce, we use Marketo, we use Lean Data to kind of help descrub and make sure that we have attribution correct. And then we use a myriad of different tools. But, you know, once we get those campaigns running, now we're pushing those campaigns out through all of our different channels, pretty standard channels that most people probably know, web, digital, retargeting, uh, events, social. And everything we tag, right? We're a religious tagger, so everything we tag, we have a, a tagging hierarchy. Um, so anything that goes out, we use we use actually our own technology, Tune Links. So we basically have links to everything. And then when we ingest those things back, we can actually attribute back to each of the different pieces what part of the funnel they hit through, what campaign they came through. And we suck all that data into our systems, and then we push out a whole bunch of Tableau reports on a basically a weekly basis, and we look into see how the impact of those pieces helped move different pe- people through the funnel, right? So tactically, at a high level, that's kind of how we execute campaigns and kind of use some of the different technologies internally.
1: Now, you mentioned the the Tableau reports and the regular review of those. Yep. What cadence do you use to, to make adjustments? I mean, like getting that insight yeah. is fantastic. I'm like, you guys have a great system for that. You know, how, how often are you looking at those results? How often are you making yeah. changes to, to your execution?
2: For the evergreen campaigns, actually, we let those go long run, like so that the actual The campaigns themselves, we let pieces run for about four to six weeks before we make a change, simply because I think a downfall of marketers is always that we think that the target audience gets our message much sooner than they actually do. And while it might be boring to us, we might be continually talking about the same thing. We think that it, it might be over, but it takes a long time for that to permeate through and for people to get that. So we actually let our Evergreen content run for about six weeks before we make any changes. And tactically, what does that look like? Depending upon the channel, like I want to see anywhere from 50 to 100,000 impressions with the waterfall conversion metrics that fall down from there before I want to make any decision on any piece of content. In the channels themselves specifically, my team's always iterating and kind of optimizing, right? So like making sure that we're looking at search, that the keyword campaigns that we're running, like the keywords are performing, if we're doing social retargeting, like do we have the right audience? So in each of the channels, We're constantly optimizing based on kind of the myriad of things that you can do there. But the campaign itself, like I'm not going to touch any of the content or look at swapping out content for at least four to six weeks.
1: So you've got a pretty structured way of approaching sort of, you know, getting your campaigns out into the field, getting them tracked and measured. You and I both know that no matter how structured and impressive that is, the sales team can still come back and say, well, those leads suck. We're not going to follow up with them and we're just going to cherry pick the ones we want. Talk a little bit about your strategies and what's worked well for you to really align with the sales organization to ensure there's consistency in the middle and that that they are aligned around the journey, but they're also aligned around uh, lead management and conversion.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that's actually one of the challenges I was was in the meeting this morning dealing with it. Like, you know, I I currently have built on my team. We have field marketing, right? So field marketing to me, you know, is really the essence of like, how do you make sure the campaigns land in field? So I've got field marketing teams across the globe. And in each of those teams, we've built out a process for which weekly, it's the responsibility of the field marketing managers to pull together all of the stats for the week. So uh, we're at ABM. So we look at most people think of a conversion funnel as like prospects. Or, you know, suspects prospects, you generate an MQL, MQL goes to a sales accepted lead, sales qualified, yada, yada. In our targeted account world, we look at target accounts, marketing engaged contacts, which means they've engaged with our campaign, sales accepted contacts, sales contacted contacts, then qualified active opportunities. So I actually have each of my field marketing managers on a weekly basis has, and it's, it's old school, but we have it in the Excel sheet they have the table there where they have what our goals and targets for each of those waterfall metrics are. So let's say I need to have 250 marketing engaged contacts for this week, and the waterfall metrics fall from there, and then they fill out that data. And then they come to a meeting every Friday. We sit down with the head of the SDRs for each region, and we actually go through those metrics and to look at how is everything performing and talk to them and say, are you seeing these same ones? Here's the reports we see, what's the feedback you get there? The challenge is, in our mind, we think, "Hey, you know what? If we come to the table and we have all of our metrics and we have all of our reports and look at this, like the sales team is going to be, oh, oh, great! You know, I, I've looked at every single one of these engaged contacts or qualified leads." And the challenge we have is that, from a sheer resource bandwidth, they don't have the opportunity to do that. And so we're talking right now about some strategies in which we can try and help automate some more of that qualification for them. Maybe raise the bar on the qualifications that we have. But it's an ongoing dialogue. Like I. It literally is a weekly conversation. I and mean, the conversation we had this week is that with inbound and outbound prospecting activities, they can't follow up with all of our leads. So we're kind of going back to the drawing tool right now to figure out how we can qualify the accounts further down the funnel before we send them over. So it is literally a weekly conversation. But I'd say it's, having implemented that process, we've only implemented it for about three or four months now. It is probably one of the single most effective pieces to Never not have the sales team come back to us and say that they don't know what we're driving, that they don't know the numbers that they're seeing because we talk about them every week. And then there's also been a really eye-opener for my team to figure out, okay, hey, i got to figure out how I can qualify these or help automate more of this process because I can't just give somebody 200 leads in a week in addition to their outbound activities and say, qualify all Italy's inbound, oh, and do your outbound, you know, because they just don't have time. So it's an ongoing process.
1: Yeah, so it absolutely is. But I think that, you know, what you're describing in terms of the level of overcommunication and the meeting rhythms, I mean, just having that active conversation, I think is maybe one of the most important parts. Oh, trying to navigate that sales and marketing alignment. I mean, and it is a journey. I think mean, it is sure. rare that people get to a destination and stay there. I sometimes think alignment yeah. between sales and marketing and operationalizing that as your org changes, as your customer changes, as the buying journey changes, it's yeah. kind of like gardening. You're never done gardening. You're never done That's sort of improving and iterating on that program. And question I want to ask real quick before we have to jump to break here, you talked about inbound versus outbound. And I know we were talking beforehand about the different roles in the sales organization yep. for those that are, you know, which leads are getting followed up, which are you not waiting Waiting for to come internally if you've identified a target account going outbound. Which parts of those are owned by sales or any parts of those owned by market?
2: quick answer. I'm to break. Like break. In my previous roles in companies like Concur and things like that, we had the SDR role or the, or the SC, the sales coordinator role or MDR, marketing development rep, sat on the marketing side of the world and they would kind of be the negotiator of, hey, here's the, I'm going to follow up with some level and hand it over to a 10 or a 15% engaged or a marketing engaged contact that has like BAN or has some qualification criteria, I'm going to hand it over to sales. We don't have that here at Tune. We have an ISR at SDR and we're looking at doing a sales coordinator, right? So SDR being the person that manages all the inbound, um, they do minimal outbound prospecting in conjunction with an ISR and their AE, and then the ISRs are doing all outbounding. So they're a little bit higher than an SDR, right? Typically working hand in hand with a a sales engineer or a sales executive and doing that outbound. But we're working on the ratios right now, like how much can an SDR manage And at what point do they hand that off to an ISR or a sales executive versus how much can an ISR handle and potentially help the SDR as well? I think the answer for me is I like a sales coordinator role that kind of sits below the hierarchy, right? If you have an ISR, an SDR, a sales coordinator, a sales coordinator, or what can be termed in some places, you know, an MDR, market development rep. It kind of helps manage that because the challenge we have now is that getting from that sales coordinator level, which marketing today is doing, we're trying to do that through automation, up to the SDR is a little bit of a challenge. Like they they don't have enough bandwidth. So don't know the correct answer right now. I mean, we're working on a whole bunch of metrics about how many accounts they can manage, how many touch points they have in a week, like the standard kind of metrics that you'll run through and be like, oh, well. You know, they can make 300 calls in a week, and they can do 200 emails, and they we're working through those things. But at the end of the day, it just also comes down to their familiarity with it, how good of a sales rep are they. Like, Are they good at qualifying or are they not good at qualifying? Some reps mm-hmm. are, are good and bad, and how, how good is the marketing team at, at doing it? So it's a fine balance, but it's always heated and fun discussions to have with the team. <laughs>
1: Countless variables, lots of complexity, but that's kind of right. what it takes to manage enterprise sales pipelines across sales and marketing today. We'll be back. We gotta pay a couple bills here, take a break. Back more with Jonah Kai Hancock. He's the senior director of marketing for Tune. We're gonna talk a little more about his uh, Martech stack, his, his strategy for managing and optimizing that Martech stack. Talk a little bit about mobile marketing, and then we're gonna talk. Uh, we're gonna sort of talk a little bit about Tune Post Stack as well. Uh, we'll be right back uh, on Sales Pipeline Radio. Okay. Great. <laughs> In a world where the
0: speed of innovation and change in B2B marketing has never been greater, the only thing bigger is the need for clarity, for a blueprint, for a guide to what's really working. And how about a way to apply it specifically today to increase sales pipeline growth, velocity, and most of all, conversion. That's what you'll find in the Modern Marketer's Field Guide. And amazingly, you can download it for free. Heinzmarketing.com, just like it sounds, H-E-I-N-Z-M-A-R-K-E-T-I-N-G. It encompasses the entire sales and marketing cycle, but in quick bursts with lots of specific, actionable ideas, strategies, tactics you can put to work right away, like today. The loaded table of contents helps you narrow in and tackle a problem. And it's something you can come back to over and over again as a reference guide. Why not download your free copy of the Modern Marketer's Field Guide? It's free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds. H-E-I-N-Z Marketing.com. Okay, back to Matt and his guest. Thank
1: you very much, Paul. Well, if you like what we're talking about today, this is uh, this could be kind of heady stuff. These are the kind of uh, episodes, Paul, where sometimes I think if you you get the uh, recording and you listen to it again or read the transcript, you maybe sometimes catch a few things you missed the first time around, especially around that level of complex B2B sales pipeline management. Yes, Paul. Well,
0: and I just want to note again, the word heady fits into the fact that you invented green beer. So I just wanted to see, there's a consistent
1: theme running through today's show here. Thank you, Paul, for that quality contribution to the broadcast. I appreciate it. <laughs> Oh, man. So if you like what you're hearing today, make sure you join us for future episodes of Sales Pipeline Radio. Coming up next week, we've got Allie McKee. She is the the CEO of Stick. We're going to be talking about sales presentations. Why do so many sales presentations suck? Why are they ineffective? And how do you make them better? Coming up later, we've got Jim Ninavaji. He is a longtime analyst from Serious Decisions. He is a founding member of the Sales Enablement Society and currently is the Chief Readiness Officer at Brainshark. We're going to be talking a little more about sales enablement and sales readiness, uh, a little bit of topics we're talking about here as well in terms of sales and marketing alignment. But I want to get back to our guest today, Jonakai Hancock. He is the Senior Director of Marketing at Tune. And let's talk about Tune for a second here and what you guys are doing yeah. in the mobile space. I know um, you guys have been a fast-growing startup doing some amazing things. To help mobile marketers talk a little bit about for those that are you know either engaged in mobile or should be engaged in mobile, um, kind of what you guys are doing and where you are seeing mobile just exploding onto the marketing scene, both B2B and B2C.
2: So tune, I mean, let's really a high spec. What Tune does, right? Think of us as like a mobile measurement CRM or a mobile measurement attribution platform, right? So we integrate with over like 15, 2,000 ad partners, which we call supply side partners. I think the Googles, the Twitters, the AppLifts, the WidoGo and Mobis of the world. If you go out and you want to acquire a whole bunch of users, you acquire those users, you're going to pay for them, right? In the mobile world, it's much different than in our traditional kind of desktop B2B world we think of because it's a lot harder to get eyeballs. And you only have two paths to convert, right? That's the Google Play Store and or the Apple Store. So we help customers run these campaigns, measure the performance of those campaigns, and then once people install their apps or start doing things with our apps, we kind of start telling them a couple different things, right? That's the acquisition component of it. So We tell you where your best acquisition comes from, which channel is it, and then once somebody uses your app, like, you know, the big problem people have is retention. Like, a lot of people you know, think the status, like, use eight apps, and then after that, they don't use any more, and, and three of those apps are owned by Facebook, three of those apps are owned by Google, the other ones are text messaging, the other ones are email. So, once you use your app, how do you engage with users how do you drive them further through the funnel we have tools to help them do that and then we also have tools to help them kind of think of like app store optimization seo optimization how do you optimize your apps within the app store um, so they can be found for people that are searching so in that continuum of mobile marketing and acquisition engagement retention adoption loyalty so on and so forth we, we sit in the middle of that that's what tune does uh-huh.
1: I continue to be impressed at just the the level the leverage that companies get, especially in B2B with mobile and, yeah. and the impact it's having. I mean, a company like Caterpillar, for example, has like 350,000 mobile users, and yeah. Exxon mobile over 400,000, and these companies, I think from some of your research indicates, I mean, these are they're they're 2x almost more likely to be successful uh, than those not using mobile. For those listening, and I appreciate you not wanting to sell Tune, but I definitely would like to give you a plug for have you plug up post back. Talk a little bit about the, the yeah. conference you guys do I think this is coming up this will be the third year this summer this July you guys do post back why should mobile marketers attend this conference
2: yeah you know, we call it the mobile event the summer so post back yeah, we don't say it's a tune event we say it's a mobile mobile event right so post back um, we're bringing over 2,000 of the kind of best speakers and best minds in the industry to kind of talk about where the industry is going right so you think of like on the e-commerce side of the world you know we bring the Amazon uh, you know, we bring the flip carts, which is a big one in India. Um, we think of like transportation, we bring like, the My Taxis from Europe, you know, we bring the Expedias and then you kind of start you know, so we bring all of the big heavy hitters. Some of them are our customers and some of them are our customers. So they come and they talk about what does mobile mean? What does it mean to them? We always have a continuing debate. Is mobile a channel or is mobile its own completely separate thing? And it always turns out that, you know, mobile's not really a channel. is its own kind of beast and so 2,000 people, two days, tons of learning, tons of panels. We always like to bring in some really thought-provoking keynotes as well. We've had Ray Kurzweil. We've had Malcolm Gladwell. We bring in some people that kind of think about how the evolution of not just devices, but what the evolution of society and what that means. And mobile this is just really an evolution of technology and society, right? Because so your mobile device with you all the time, and then we're seeing that mobile extend into all these different areas now, right? Yep. TVs and watches and things like that. So post back the time for the industry to come together and talk and share their experiences. And we'd like to have a little bit of fun with it too. So it's a great event, 2000 people tune.com slash postback. If anybody wants to check it out.
1: Love it. Well, thanks get, very much I'll for sharing that. that. Definitely I'll encourage people budget. to check that out. If you are in B2B and not doing much with mobile, I'd highly encourage you to, uh, to rethink that and check out some of the great resources at tune.com around that as well. We just got a couple more minutes here with Jonah Kai Hancock, the director of marketing at, Tune and maybe real quick, Jonah. Just uh, we've been talking a little bit about your tech stack. You know, we can maybe share sort of the, your infographic with your tech stack in our notes yeah. uh, with people that are listening. But I specifically want to have you address how you are evaluating new technologies what is your strategy and cadence for continually sort of reviewing auditing and optimizing the tech staff you have in place
2: a lot of it has to do with a couple things right so there if you look at the you know when you see my infographic you'll see like i kind of break it down when well, there's operationally things that we look at there's demand how do we increase demand in our tech stack how do we manage content syndication how do we manage the collaboration and then kind of how do we develop sales enablement and that kind of follows the funnel of sales and marketing so when i think of the tune tech stack I think of optimizing it in a couple of different ways. So from an operations standpoint, our team uses Marketo and a lot of Salesforce, but I want to make sure that my team has all the tools they need to efficiently communicate with our customers in the channel, track and measure the engagement with those people in the channel, and then help to expand the accounts we're looking at, right? So if you look at things, you know, we're, we're looking at, at, uh, optimizing, we're looking at where we use WordPress and we use Yoast for some of the acquisition. We kind of start to look at, all the different channels, maybe use, like Bing, AdRoll, things like that. Those are kind of steady. I think everybody probably that listens to this podcast would say, ah, oh, I've, got, I've got most of those things. The things that we're on the fringe and starting to test to make our tech stack more is we're starting to dive more into the predictive sides of the world and then also into the cleaning up our data side of the world, right? We drive a ton of inbound acquisitions, something to the tune of, you know, we're, we're driving yeah, 6,000 to 8,000 net new contacts per month and we get a lot of redundancy. So we're looking at tools right now, like a really great tool out there that I love is Lean Data. We're using Lean Data to kind of help merge accounts, manage attribution. And then we use that as well to measure the impact that marketing has on Sales Funnel, right? We want to see where the touch points are in that sales funnel and the sales marketing funnel that marketing is driving and how we can get more efficient. Some of the predictive things we're looking at right now, I mentioned that we're doing account-based marketing is we're looking at some of the predictive technology. So we've built a rubric that says, hey, these are our 100 accounts that we're going to go after this quarter for each of the regions, but that doesn't focus on the other tier two ones that are like, let's say, the 250, 300 accounts, which might be in the middle market or even up in newcomers that also getting two, but they're not in our named account, right? And it's really hard for the sales team and for us to identify those next 250. And sometimes we don't even know because they're net new companies. where We have a global. So we're looking at some of the companies out like, like Mintingo, look at their predictive audience analytics. So how do I start to make it super efficient for my team to identify new accounts that they can put in our marketing mix to drive awareness? Some of the other cool things that we're doing right now is we're working with, internally with the sales team, right? We use Intercom across all of our products to communicate with our customers, right? Well, a big disconnect that marketing has had with not not just sales, but with the customer account team is that we look up for indicators of engagement with customers or engagement with trials. And that stuff typically comes through the product and for the customer service or support organization. So we're trying to tie our tech stack now with those organizations, with Intercom, with Heap Analytics, so product usage. Tell everybody, like, one of the coolest things I've seen is Salesforce sends me an email every month, and they say, you know, you're using two, one-third of the product, and you're not using these other two-thirds of the product. That's great. I can do the same thing if I can tie my Heap Analytics, which tells us how much of our customers or our prospects in our sales pipeline are using our product and how much they're not. I can drive deeper adoption and, and things like that. So I'm always kind of trying to segment, the text back in the different teams and their different functions, but I'm trying to build like a 360 holistic view of what our customers are doing, and sometimes it. it requires learning the tools you don't know. Like, I'm not a heap expert. Mm-hmm. I'm not an intercom expert. They're not in the marketing tech spec, but I need them, and I need that data in my CRM so I can react to it.
1: I love that you're thinking about that from a full customer lifecycle standpoint. Oh, that's fantastic. At this time of the day, I usually start getting I, wild, frantic hand signals from Paul, which means we're almost out of time, which is good because my right. brain is full. This has been a fantastic right. conversation with Jonah Kide Hancock. He's the senior director of marketing at Toon. Lots of insights into sales and marketing alignment, coordination, marketing tech stack, marketing ops, marketing measurement, and more. If you want to listen again, and I highly encourage you do, to get more out of this episode, you can find it on demand at salespipelineradio.com. Just a couple days. We will also have a transcript with highlights from this conversation with Jonah Kai up on heinzmarketing.com. We are out of time. Thank you again to Jonakai Hancock for joining us today. For my great producer, Paul, this is Matt Heinz. We'll see you next week on Sales Pipeline Radio.
0: You've been listening to Sales Pipeline Radio, brought to you by the good folks at Matt Marketing, right here on the Funnel Radio channel for at-work listeners like you.